If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. And yes, this is the day after, the morning after, your president, my president, our president. I can hear leftists screaming around the fruited plain as I echo, or as I, I should say, I can hear the screams echo as I utter those bold words this morning got a whole lot of things to get to i i don't even know where to begin i knew i do know where to begin but i don't know i don't know how to get to everything that i want to get to i I, it's it's completely impossible it's absolutely unequivocally impossible but Look, if anyone can do it, we can do it, folks. So I appreciate you joining us. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow, should you want to watch the program live or on demand on Facebook, so long as Facebook allows us to do that. So Nancy Pelosi's reign in the Democrat Party is alive and well. Nancy Pelosi ruling the Democrat Party with a proverbial iron fist. Nancy Pelosi is in control of. She is, folks. I'm telling you right now. You know, we have elections. We have elections across this country. And there's obviously a huge difference between a San Francisco Democrat and a Democrat from, say, I don't know, Toledo, Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana. Take your pick, Dallas, Oklahoma City. I'm not saying there's not some radical leftists in all these states and all these cities. Probably in the tiny town I'm from, we probably got radical. I'm not just talking about Blue Dog or – I don't like to use the word conservative Democrat, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt this morning, conservative Democrat, right? That's kind of the Democrat that I'm used to. Those are the Democrats that I typically deal with in real life. Even sat down to lunch uh, this week with a gentleman that I respect a lot. He's a he's a Democrat. I guess it would have been last week now. We can get along and have a conversation. That's really at its core what it means to be conservative, not bitter. In fact, I would go as far as to say that he and I agreed on a lot more than the average person might believe at first glance. But I don't want to get into that. I want to talk about who the one running the party is. 
You know, so when 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 we have these elections and people vote for quote unquote moderate Democrats, blue dog Democrats, union Democrats, they elect speakers. They elect speakers of the House like Nancy Pelosi. Like Nancy Pelosi, who by the way, by the way, was the one who orchestrated this political theater we saw yesterday. Pulling the strings, making sure she wore black. Did you see this? And don't look. I don't care. I'm a guy. I don't pay attention usually. In fact, I'll be honest with you. My wife may not want me to say this. I'm pausing here. But I'm going to tell you, there's days that after I get ready and get dressed, if you say, what do you have on yourself? I don't know that I can answer that. <laughs> that may be a bad thing to, to announce here on the radio this morning, but it's, it's, it's just not an important thing to me, right? And unless something's outrageous that someone is wearing, I just don't remember. But her wearing black was, <laughs> come on. She's the Speaker of the House. She takes the podium, right, at least at points in this political theater, really, really bad political theater. You know, I'm okay with good political theater. I'm okay with watching Trump on stage at a rally, point out there at the media, which, of course, is truth. I'm not saying it's, it's fabricated, but it's, there's a little bit of theatrical performance here. He's rallying the base. It's almost like there's... There's an inside joke that, to, to a degree, right, that the folks in the audience get what he's saying, even when he uses hyperbole, sarcasm, exaggeration, and so forth. The media is over there trying to fact-check, fact-check things that are simply meant to illustrate a point. Of course, it's not because it's lost on them, although I think it is lost on some of them. But the truth is, they just they don't understand it. I heard someone say this, and I think it's probably – the most accurate depiction of a difference between a person that voted for Trump and a person that didn't. And this person, and I'd give credit, I just I don't know who said this. Someone shared this with me from someone that they had heard say this. So I don't know who it is. So I'm not trying to steal anybody's thunder. I did not come up with this. I just don't know who said it. But this person said, this person said, Trump supporters take him seriously but not literally – People that dislike Trump, the media, those that hate Trump, take him literally but not seriously. I think if we wrap our heads around that, we're three-quarters of the way to understanding this Trump phenomenon and how people respond to him the way – or the reasons, I guess, that they respond to him the way that they do. But this was a performance yesterday, last night, into the evening hours, and they, they timed it out perfectly. And that's not a mistake either. That's not a coincidence this is a orchestrated event. If there's one thing the Democrat Party does, it is put on theatrical performances. I pause because I about said good. They're not good. They're, they might be good for those who are, I don't know, asleep at the proverbial wheel of their own minds. It might be good for those who are so angered by the idea of a Trump presidency that they're ready to believe anything that gives them any semblance of hope that Trump will be, in fact, removed from office. It might be good for those folks. It might be good for those who want to just get in line and follow the narrative, the common beliefs of the day, so as not to upset the apple cart or be a target of Antifa, cause problems in the workplace, just fly be you know, below the radar, so to speak. But for free-thinking individuals, this was, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. As I'm 
you know, I, I jotted down some notes today. I don't, I do that sometimes. I just want to make sure that there's things I get to. So I just have words, you know, a little three or four sentence, uh, three or four word sentence. So I make sure I hit on it. And I've got a bunch of articles pulled. I got a couple of sound bites I'd like to get to, but this reminds me. After so, this thing about this: the Democrats take the stage. This this should be viewed as a stage. That's what yesterday's impeachment proceedings were. It was a performance. I was watching this with my son, who is uh, ten, and we were talking, and he's he's pretty sharp on some of this stuff. But one thing I kept hammering home, and I, I know he's too young to understand this, is I said. They've already made up their minds. They've already decided what they're going to do. This is the performance. This is to try to get people to see it the way that they want them to see it. It's not even the way they necessarily truly view it objectively. It's how they want it to be perceived. This is how politics operates. This is how Nancy Pelosi is so effective. Now, you and I might be left scratching our heads thinking, how in the world... Does someone believe some of the things that they hear coming from the mouths of, say, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, uh, Congressman Nadler? Take your pick on down the line. There's so many to to choose from. AOC, who, by the way, has grown remarkably quiet, um, relatively speaking, as we move. You know, I I wonder if that's got something to do with the 2020 election and who wants to be the face of the party as we move into an election year. But she has faded away. Rashida Tlaib, who soon after being inaugurated into office, sworn into office, said she wants to impeach this mother blank, talking about President Donald J. Trump. Anyway, this was this was a performance. And given the chance, right, the lights are on. They've got primetime television. They got it timed out perfectly to where it, the, the, the vote took place where it's not too late for the East Coast, but they're still catching folks on the West Coast, too. Perfect timing, like the kickoff of a Monday night football game. Complete coincidence, right? None, none of this has to do with uh, something that was planned or strategic. This was their moment to shine, their moment to convince you. Nancy Pelosi up there on stage in her black dress to represent the solemnity of this event. How sad and serious of course, she's sad. We talked about that from the beginning. She's so sad. I'm surprised I didn't see a tear. Tear fall from Nancy Pelosi's eye down her cheek last night as she was so distraught over having to do this. She had no choice but to impeach the president of the United States for reasons the average person walking down the street today could not articulate to you. They can't explain why the president was impeached. They'll say stuff like, he was trying to you know steal another election <laughs> that, that's not look there's no evidence of that none there's no evidence there there are things that they can complain about raise questions about but you don't realize how many steps and jumps and leaps you have to take to get there things that evidence doesn't show in fact the evidence shows quite the contrary but since when has that mattered this was a political performance the lights were on the stage was set they were ready to drop the hammer and explain to us once and for all why they were going to impeach this president why we should all get behind them and look they weren't going to persuade me they weren't going to persuade you 
the vast, 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 vast majority of you, there's sure, surely a couple that are in favor of impeachment. And I don't hate you if you are. I just think it's insane <laughs> with, with all due respect. So here we are. They have their moment to shine, right? They come in with their proverbial guns loaded, just proverbial because we know they're anti-Second Amendment. But they come in both barrels, both barrels ready to go. And what do they give us? They give us a bunch of hooey, which we knew. I get it. But you figure with all this time and with the stakes being so high, they could have done a little bit better than they did. This reminds me of when I was in college. I remember, I've told this story on here before, when I was taking a class led by a professor, a biology professor at Butler University. I won't say his name. I like the man a lot. Disagreed with him <laughs> tremendously on some very fundamentally important aspects of life but he was teaching biology we're getting to the part of this of the course where micro or excuse me macroevolution evolution of species not just evolution within a species not not simply microevolution but macroevolution and he actually told us not just macroevolution but the origin of life on top of that he told our class that by the end of this part of the study those of you who believe in in a creator, and I know it was directed at me. We had conversations. That's okay. He can say that. He told us that those of you who have faith are going to have serious questions about that faith at the end of this at the end of this part of the lesson. And I remember think thinking, bring it, Professor So and So. I know that God created the universe. I'm not as bold to think I understand all the reasons how. Or even maybe why I don't you know, I can't. Some of these questions are, to some degree, I don't want to get into theology and so forth. But some of these questions are profound and at least have different facets and maybe different answers and, and viewpoints. But at the end of the day, philosophically, I understand the need for a for a creator. Not even not even yet saying the biblical God, which of course is what I believe is completely true as well. But I'm just talking about it philosophically, logically. There has to be a creator. I mean, this is kind of, I think, a bit silly when people act like something came from nothing. We've never seen anything. We never ever saw an instance of any something coming from nothing. It's, it defies logic and common sense. How, how would we have a series of, of things that we learn from science? How would we study this cause and effect when the first cause wasn't a cause? It defies the logic of everything that it's predicated upon. The field of science wouldn't exist, you can make the case, if the first cause really wasn't a cause at all. It just happened. In fact, asking if there was a cause and the reason uh, is, is seems silly if there's no creator. It just randomly happened to be the case. Anyway, I don't want to get into that, but I, all, all I'm getting at here is to say this. When he told our class, this is going to persuade those of you who believe in God to really question your faith. I remember getting to the end end of his presentation of that particular part of the study or class or whatever you want to say. And it was multiple days. It might have been a full week. I don't remember. It was a four-day. Why do I remember stuff, stuff like this? It was a four-day class, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I met four days a week. And we got to the end of his presentation. He lowered the final, what he thought was the proverbial nail in the coffin, I guess, for those that didn't believe. And I sat there stunned, stunned. I thought this is even less persuasive and convincing than I thought that it was. And I didn't think that it was greatly persuasive and convincing, uh, convincing to begin with. 
but it was less than that. That's how I felt when I watched what I watched last night with Nancy Pelosi up there in her black dress, people taking to the podium, saying nonsensical sort of things, talking points, nothing with any substance, nothing with any depth, nothing that would nothing that would last five seconds in a objective courtroom, folks. This was silliness and even worse worse, which just blows my mind I'm even saying this this morning because I thought this thing was a complete sham all along, but it's even worse than I thought that it was. They have absolutely nothing, and they've impeached the president of the United States for such. So there's lots of <laughs> avenues and things to talk about from this. I want to get into those, unpack as much of those as I can when we get back, but I have to take a time out. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. Breaking down impeachment, Nancy Pelosi. Actually, I think the better way to say this is the performance. You know, when the when a Democrat, God forbid, wins the presidency, tomorrow, December 18th, will become a national holiday, impeachment day. Impeachment day will be celebrated throughout the land, the day that America saved itself from the great dictator and tyrant Donald J. Trump for seeking foreign influence and help, eliciting help, um, eliciting help from the Ukrainian government to stop in his tracks Joe Biden, who, by the way, does a good job of stopping himself, I should point out, and isn't even guaranteed to be the nominee. Still don't have any real answers as to why uh, why there's nothing to see here pertaining to pertaining to the questions surrounding Joe and Hunter Biden. All we're told is we looked into that. <laughs> Everything's fine. We looked into it. Trust us. What do you have to lose here by trusting us? We tell you the truth. People look into it. Then they, then they list people. They list countries. Look, these countries did this. This media outlet did this. And they start listing it as though if they keep saying another liberal, unbelievable uh, reference, whether that's a media outlet or whether that's a – a foreign government who we're not supposed to trust, I guess, when Trump's dealing with them, but we're supposed to trust them completely when they're looking into the Bidens. Again, there's no – talk about no evidence. There's just legitimate questions here about this, but that doesn't matter because the only way they can see Trump wanting corruption to be dealt with if it's dealing with the Biden is because Trump wants to politically – uh, you know, seek the help of, of a foreign government. So anyway, I don't want to get into that. I want to get into more about what happened yesterday. Nancy Pelosi takes to the podium after the first vote. So some folks haven't really seen the inner workings of Congress too much, and uh, I guess I could say there's two ways of looking at that. It could be an interesting situation, or I could say, sorry you had to put up with that. But But Nancy Pelosi isn't always at the at the podium, but she was. She stepped forward when it was time to count these votes, and so they did a roll call vote. Or excuse me, they they did a uh, they took the the uh, a call for eyes and nays. Those who are in favor of Article One on the 
resolution to impeach Donald Trump signify by saying I? And they said I, and then of course they said nay. Uh, the, the Republicans said nay after that. The, uh, well, at first the parliamentarians said the eyes have it, and then of course they go through this process whereby they say we want a roll call vote. And so they had a roll call vote. They had the counts going up as people voted electronically before our very eyes last night in prime time, right? They timed this out perfectly so people could could see this, so all the networks could show this historic event taking place in the House of Representatives last night. And so this thing, there was a 15-minute vote, 15-minute vote, final vote on the first article, 230 said yay, 197 said nay. That included two, two Democrats and 195 Republicans. Nancy Pelosi at the podium, right, in front of the House of Representatives with her gavel, with her black dress as she's up there showing people how sad she is. Surprised she didn't wear, uh, well, say maybe even a black veil. I don't know. This was just a sad, sad moment in American history. But she's up there, and she can barely contain herself. My wife even commented to me last night. She says, look at her. She, she's trying not to laugh. She's trying not to smile. And she, I'm telling you, she did not succeed. She needed to go back, go back to her liberal friends in Hollywood and take some more acting classes because she could not pull it off. It was like if one of our children, I've got three kids, 10, 8, and soon to be 6, son, daughter, daughter. So if one of our kids was doing something he or she shouldn't have been doing, kind of caught red-handed, and we're trying to convince us that maybe it wasn't, we didn't see what we saw, but they can't help it, the, the grin on their face gives them away. Like, yes, I did have my hand in the cookie, but I can't say that because you told me not to have a cookie. That's what this was last night. So she takes to the, the podium to announce this. Now, it should, be, it should also be noted at this point that Nancy Pelosi is reigning in the Democrat Party. She has a very powerful reign, so much so that only two Democrats voted nay on this first article. And one voted present, by the way. I left that out. That's Tulsi Gabbard. Poor Tulsi. I, Tulsi... I, you know, she votes present. You know, at least if you're going to not toe the line with Nancy, and I know she's not, she says she's not seeking reelection. I guess she still thinks she's going to win the nomination to be the Democrat Party's candidate for president, but whatever. God bless her. She's, she's out of all the people on the stage, she's one of the least offensive to the Constitution. There's no doubt about that, but she votes present. Anyway, Nancy Pelosi, as she's reading this, reading the vote, trying not to, to smile, she had instructed the Democrat caucus, the Democrat Party, as they had these secret meetings behind closed doors. And that's what this is all about. This is from the moment she said, we will open an impeachment inquiry into Donald J. Trump. She had the votes. I wish more people would accept that. She had the votes. This was Everything else was theater. Everything. Everything else was for your political consumption, for my political consumption. She may not realize it, but it was part of this show prep. She helped us prepare for this program by simply going through the drama. The decision had been made, folks. I am telling you, the decision had been made. I've been going through this with folks um, who still hung on to hope that this wouldn't go, this wouldn't happen. 
that the impeachment vote wouldn't be the case. And that I'm telling you that I, I understand the, the desire to want to believe that. That's what you're caught, taught in civics class. But that is not that is not how this happens, especially with Nancy Pelosi running the show. So the Democrats were told in these behind closed door meetings to not to not applaud. Because again, Nancy Pelosi is in a black dress up there. She's trying her best to keep from smiling, even though she cannot contain it. Even though she can't contain it. Trump might tell you because her teeth are about to fall out. I don't know. But she's up there reading this, and I want you to hear this. Got the soundbite cued and ready to go. And boy, she snaps at the caucus for for their response to her reading this final tally. Even though she cracks, even though she kind of smiles, she's still not happy that they cheer. And Republicans jeer in response to this. So listen to this. On this vote, the yeas are 230. The nays are 197. Present is one. Not happy with that, Article by the way. one is adopted. There's the smile. She's sm- oh, she's... The question... The question she's is on adoption of Article 2. She's scolding them. She's scolding them for doing that. Article 1 is adopted. There's some question. clapping. You hear that? The question is on adoption of Article... All right, enough of that stuff. Republicans are the ones. Oh, oh. Oh, you are happy about this. Yeah, they are happy about this. She's up there barely able to contain herself, although she wants you to believe she's... She's mourning, apparently, the near death of our democracy, as she would say, not our constitutional republic. And you hear clapping, a little bit of cheering, a little bit of raucous activity going on on the Democrat side. She points at him, hey, don't you do that. Don't you dare do that. We talked about this behind closed doors. I know I about broke. I about started laughing up here on stage. I'm just so full of joy. But this is not what this is about. This is a performance, folks. You have to stay in character, Democrat caucus. Stay in character. We have a performance to deliver to the American people. And the Republican jeers are basically, oh, you got caught here, huh? You got caught for this for this performance. I'm not saying there's never any performance on the side of the Republicans. Don't misunderstand me. But this was not real. This is this is phony. This is fabricated. This is a performance. The decision was made. To vote for this once Nancy Pelosi agreed to hear this, to have the impeachment inquiry, they want you to believe that this was some methodical process whereby they came to a conclusion based upon truth and justice and where the evidence led them that is not at all, not remotely close to what we dealt with. So that's enough about that. I need to talk a little bit about what happens next because something that we mentioned on this program yesterday is actually starting apparently to come to fruition here pertaining to what the Democrats are going to do um, regarding, regarding how they're going to handle this or when they're going to pass this off, if they're going to pass this off, how they're going to pass this off to the Senate. And we'll talk about that. When we return, you are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, where 98% of scientists will agree that listening can stop and even cause, reverse, excuse me, reverse the ravaged effects and causes of liberalism back here in just a minute. this or looking at this i just posted on facebook this this clip of nancy pelosi snapping 
at the supporting cast in last night's performance of Impeachment 2019. We're, we're supposed to believe that this is a very solemn vote, a very sad day. Nancy Pelosi up there in her black attire, probably considered wearing the black veil, mourning this great democracy, as they would say, but just the still shots of her face. It literally is like a, a parent telling their child, I told you not to do that. How dare you do that? And folks, she is the Democrat Party today, right now. In fact, you may not know this, but there's a debate tonight. Did you know that? Presidential debate. Presidential debate. Excuse not presidential debate. I guess a, I guess is what you call it. Candidates. Presidential candidates debating on the stage. Almost didn't have this debate. Anyway, we'll get to that if I have time. But I want to talk about what happens next. So Nancy Pelosi, as I alluded to yesterday, I saw this as we do our best here to stay one step ahead, one step ahead of the game here. We, we, I shared with you that one of the things that was being floated around out there was the possibility that the House would vote to impeach, which they did on both articles. In fact, there was one congressman, one congressman who voted in favor of one of the articles and not the other. Of course, Tulsi Gabbard voted present in both of these votes. So that did not – in fact, if you watch the clip I just posted to Facebook, you can see Nancy Pelosi, I think I think a little bit stunned, to be quite candid. She was prepared for a couple of uh, defections, and these things, believe me, had been discussed behind closed doors. Well, one of them she knew because the guy is switching parties. So congratulations, Nancy Pelosi, for losing one of your members. But nonetheless, nonetheless – uh, she kind of clenches her jaw when she sees that Tulsi Gabbard, Tulsi Gabbard actually voted present. The audacity. At this point, why not just vote nay? Go ahead and differentiate yourself from the rest of the Democrat field, Tulsi. My goodness. Presence like the you don't earn the respect of the other side and you take off the Nancy Pelosi wing of the party and probably anyone else that has any position of power and authority in the party, which I'm not – look, I'm, I'm not saying you should appease those folks. I'm just saying – as politicians think, she really made a decision that's indefensible in my mind. But anyway, anyway, so one of the things that apparently is playing out or starting to play out is this notion that the House of Representatives is not going to send, not going to send articles of impeachment to the Senate until they get what they want in the way that the Senate is structuring structuring the, the rules, the witnesses, all this sort of stuff for the trial. So I guess it's maybe a good time for a very short, this little summary of what's, what's happened here. So as you well know, and of course my son and I talked about this last night, we have three branches of government. We got the legislative branch, the executive branch, and the judicial branch. We got the judicial branch that's largely, until recent history with Trump, has been ruled by radical extremist, activist, liberal judges. That's changed. That's why when we see a, an appointment of Brett Kavanaugh, they lose their, their minds. In fact, if Trump wins re-election and if Trump replaces, say, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they are going to flip out in ways we've never seen before because this is the court. The court is kind of, I guess you could say, a, a tenet of the religious left's faith in liberalism and big government. And so if something can't get passed in Congress, which it often can't, the court just declares it. 
gay marriage, for example, poof, law of the land. Don't ask about it. That's it. Over and done with. See you later. Right? That's just the way that just the way that it goes uh, in the minds of the of the radical left. So the executive branch, of course, is controlled by Trump, who they'll have you believe is a Nazi dictator. Uh, you know, danger to our constitution. And we've got the, the the legislative branch, which is broken up into two houses: the House of Representatives and the Senate. There, so there's there's checks and balances between the three branches. There's also checks and balances, or at least this this idea that there's there's two bodies, right? One was supposed to be the people's house that the citizens actually, the voters of this country, would do, directly elect representatives to serve in the House and represent them for two years. The House of Representatives, the Senate. Was supposed to be. It doesn't work this way any longer. But those representatives were supposed to be of the states, of the states, and the state legislatures would actually elect the senators that were uh, representing their states. These were for longer terms. The Senate was supposed to be the more deliberative body, the wiser body. You know, it's not as supposed to be as uh, influenced by politics because terms are longer. Uh, only one third of the Senate is up for election every every two years, so it's it's a slower, more methodical body that has fewer people in the in the Senate than there are in the House of Representatives. Of course, now we change that through the through a constitutional amendment, whereby people directly vote for senators as well. I happen to think that's not a good idea, but that's that's not the point. The point here, yes, and I know Oz, it is time for a break, but I want to squeeze this in. So, the point here is that you have. The two houses both have a role in holding the president accountable or what – at least what they want you to think is holding the president accountable. And so the House of Representatives can be the ones to initiate this process, just like you could say the House of Representatives is the ones that should be initiating all spending bills. That's the way it's supposed to work. Likewise, they have to initiate impeachment, and so they did that. right? Nancy Pelosi did that. They had their little make-believe show trial here, their performance. That culminated last night with a really, in my opinion, an F performance. Nonetheless, they still rammed this thing through because that is what Nancy Pelosi does. And so now the Senate can get involved, but the Senate can only get involved. You could say the House hasn't completed completed the process yet because they didn't hold the vote to send it to the Senate. And some people don't like this. They're not outside of the bounds of what they can do here. Now, whether they should and what the politics are of this and how much power they have, the, how much power the Republicans should let them have here in negotiating this nonsense, that's a, that's a fair discussion. But they haven't voted to send it over to the Senate yet. When they impeached Clinton back in 90, 98, I guess, they did this within a couple of minutes, five or ten minutes after the vote on the articles of impeachment. They did not do this last night, and now they're sitting on it. They're sitting on it because they want to – well – I think that they believe it's politically beneficial for them to do this, and I'll kind of talk about that when I get back, but I have to take a break. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So much more to get to. Just simply running out of time. I two things. Number one, did you see posting us on Facebook as I speak? I wanted to get to this earlier. I'm just going to simply have to mention it. And if you want to see more about it, you're going to have to look it up. But there was a picture taken in the Capitol last night, one of the offices. 
Democrats holding a wine and cheese party, and I forget which representative it was, one of the congressmen from California. There's literally bottles of wine and cheese in his office for members of Congress, I guess the Democrat Party, to come in and have a little celebration of sorts, kind of like the the celebration they were hoping to have when Hillary Clinton lost in 2016. Folks had taken bottles of wine to work that day in the expected celebration that was never to be. I guess now they've gotten their their party uh, a little over three years later. But check that on the Facebook page if you haven't seen that. So publishing that right now. The other thing I wanted to get to was this this issue of what happens next, right? The the issue of this, the the House's responsibility. So the House voted to impeach, but until they vote to send it to the Senate, until they vote to send it to the Senate, they don't have to do that. The Senate doesn't control the House. They're two equal branches of uh, within the legislative branch, this bicameral uh, branch, uh, legislative branch. So they don't have to do that. So the question is why, though? And I think, again, strategically, you have to look at Nancy Pelosi. Not This is not a pursuit for truth, folks. This is not to get to the bottom of, of this and to let the Senate do its part. This is about politics. And so she hands us over to the Senate. She gives us to the full control of, of, of Mitch McConnell. She gives him complete power and leverage. She controls it. She can still – look, she, she has options now. I, strategically, strategically – and I'm throwing out all all logic and everything they told us leading up to this point, what they're trying to do, which is hold this president accountable and prevent him from stealing and interfering with elections and all that kind of hooey and nonsense. But it makes sense in, to the point that she can control it. So if, if she realizes that taking this to the Senate is going to not have the impact that they had that hoped for, she can still keep the issue alive by not – by not passing it to the Senate to die, she can still use it. And if the polls begin to beat them up, she can say, look, I can't send it to the Senate because they are corrupt. It's one of the reasons we have to vote for Democrats in 2020. Now, I'm not saying this will resonate with you and me, but there is a there's a sliver of people out there that believe this nonsense. So anyway, there's more things I would like to say about that, but the time tells me I can't. I have to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Waning moments of the program here today, and yes, your president, my president, our president has been impeached by the radical left. They had the opportunity last night in front of the lights, in front of the camera, and prime time to explain, to articulate, to make the case for impeachment, to make it easy to understand, explain it to the rest of us idiots out there as to why this president needs to be impeached. After watching these shenanigans last night, I'm even less convinced, which is amazing because, again, I thought this was a complete sham from the beginning. But I'm even less convinced that the president of the United States should be impeached. The American people are catching on to this. Not enough. Not enough for sure. So anyway, I wish I had more time to talk about this today. I simply do not. Simply do not. Today, taking the kids to visit Santa, by the way, so that'll be fun. But I got to wrap up for the day, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.